Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes. Until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Post-quarantine edition, I am Kave. I am your host. Joining me today is just a plethora of awesome characters. Let's start first with Mr. Garrison Davis, writer, co-host of It Could Happen Here, journalist, all-around mensch. Garrison, <laughs> how you doing, man? I'm doing good. Um, and also joining us, we have Dr. Ryan Marino, a returning favorite, ER physician and toxicologist. Ryan, how are you? I'm doing great. Um, before we get to my post-COVID uh, experience, can we first discuss my mustache? It, you, you have one. Yep. You know, I was kind of hoping that I would like grow a mustache and maybe like my innate Persianness would come out, like I'd be in touch with my roots. But I look pretty much like a Chicago cop at this point. And <laughs> it wasn't the look I thought I would have. <laughs> you got to get some some length and some twirl on it, I think. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't want it to be too hip. It, You know, it is fun to have. It's kind of like um, I've never done this. I should maybe. But it's kind of what I imagine it's like when people wear sexy lingerie under their clothing. Because I'm like wearing my mask all day at work. And I'm like. People don't know under my mask, I have this ridiculous mustache. <laughs> it's like, it tickles me. I, th- I find it to be very fun, you know, but it, it's not a, it's not a great look. I acknowledge that. I'm sorry. <laughs> Our listeners, you're lucky that this is not a visual medium. So guys, uh, I am recovering from COVID. Um, let me tell you, it's uh, li- having experienced life both with and without COVID. I can tell you life without COVID is a lot better. That seems that way. That seems to be the overall trend yeah. uh, of the past two years. It's absolutely true. Having COVID was nowhere near as fun as I thought it would be. Um, it's and, it, and you're vaccinated, right? I'm vaccinated and boosted. And it was still terrible. It was not fun. I'm still not totally 
not totally back to normal. I'm exhausted still. Like I, I don't have the energy I used to. Like I'm still gaining that. I'm not quite back to normal yet. That's for sure. I think that's an important point though, because uh, people who are vaccinated and boosted are getting it and it's terrible, but you didn't end up in the hospital. You didn't end up on a ventilator. You didn't die. Um, yeah. And so the vaccines work. That's their whole point. Um, but people seem to be taking this the other way, saying that if, if you got it when you were boosted, it must mean they don't. Yeah, you're, you're exactly right. I can't imagine how much worse this would be. It's a little scary, actually, because it was not great, but I always felt pretty confident. I always felt pretty secure that I wasn't going to end up in the hospital. But it's it's it was still wasn't that much fun. I can only imagine it being so much worse. I mean, these vaccines, they were never meant to keep us from getting sick. It was just a nice surprise that we had a couple of months of, you know, immunity uh, after each shot. I, I think it's doing what it's supposed to do, which is keeping me from being so sick that I go to the hospital. And um, I, I am very grateful, actually. I've never been more grateful. So I feel I feel uh, overall I'm, I'm much better. And I don't even want to think about what it would have been like if I did not have these vaccines. Garrison, are you boosted? I have my booster scheduled. It's been very difficult to schedule here in my city. Uh, but yeah, I'm getting it at the end of the month. And you did pretty well with your first two shots? Yeah, I mean, my arm was sore, but that was it. That was, that was fine. And what did you get, Pfizer or Moderna? I got two Pfizers. So what are you going to do for this next one? Are you going Pfizer again? Uh, or you going I think Moderna? I think I think it's also another Pfizer one, just because there's a lot of the there's there's a lot of Pfizer in this area. Yeah. What do you think, Ryan? What did you do? Did you mix and match? No, I got three Moderna, and in, in retrospect, I mean, looking at the data, it looks like getting your booster with the other one might be a little bit better. Um, but with that being said, I mean, getting three doses is very good for your immune system. The benefit of the booster is that spacing this one dose out the six month period from the other two doses is that you get a significant immune memory to this yeah. rather than just having like circulating antibodies. Um, and so while those circulating antibodies were great, like you said, it prevented people from getting sick for a while, having this like immune memory is what's keeping people with this new variant Omicron from getting hospitalized. Um, and it's really, all, all the people who have already received their booster are the ones who are best protected. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. And I, I do think that uh, the evidence is pretty overwhelming at this point. I don't think there's a lot of downside to, to doing it. We still see it from people on Twitter, doctors in particular, people really gunning for that Joe Rogan spot yeah. uh, in yeah. the hot seat. I've been, I've, been doing, <laughs> I've been doing research the past week into a few of a few doctors who have like media presences with like YouTube channels, large social media followings. I've been watching how they talk around not only like just vaccine hesitancy in general, but also how they've been reacting to what's been going on on Joe Rogan's podcast and how it's like they're it's like they're trying to stir up a ruckus and they get a spot or something. Yeah, I mean that's how you do it. You say Joe Rogan is right. You use those magic words. Joe Rogan is right, and I think that like 
triggers Joe Rogan then reposting you or retweeting you. I mean, or, you know, just getting any kind of big drama drummed up, right? If you can say something wrong and controversial that gets you suspended from Twitter, then Joe Rogan will invite you on. That's what happened with Robert Malone is that he, right. he was suspended from Twitter and then Rogan invited him on because, oh, if Twitter is trying to suppress what this guy is saying, we should pay attention to it, right? That, yeah. That's that, that's the logic that he's working with. So I've, I've seen a few people try to do the same thing. Um, it won't, you know, again, there's like a lot of diminishing returns here uh, on that type of thing. So mm -hmm, I, mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't think it'll continue on like right now to a large degree, but, you know, there's always going to be flare-ups like a few times a year where you'll see a new wave of, you know, like last summer it was Dr. Michael Eden was the big disinfo guy now it's this guy dr malone i'm sure there'll be another one come may or june or whatever it's it's yeah. it's, it's 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 all cycles yeah i mean i think there's gonna be this movement anywhere towards that anyway because it's so lucrative so for yeah. like someone like robert malone who isn't really doing anything now he is invited to speaking gigs yep. getting pay, paid all these speaking salaries or uh speaking fees i mean um yeah, and those kind of people just keep coming out of the woodwork. People who don't really have anything else to contribute other than contrarianism. A lot of them are also selling their own cures on their own websites. So yeah, it is like it's <laughs> exactly it's all, a, it's all a grift. It's all yeah, it's 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 the same old story told again and again. <laughs> Speaking of which, Ryan, it's time for us to start going into business together, man. Just the House of Pod <laughs> branded Vitality Pills for vigor. If you I can think, prescribe yeah. me some colloidal silver, I'll be really happy because I've been planning on dying patches of my skin blue. <laughs> so think it'll get a blue hand maybe just to it, see what it's like. What do you think, Ryan? You're a toxicologist. Can we make that happen? Yeah, I mean, Argeria is the, the hot new thing. Right. <laughs> All right. Perfect. All right, so... Uh, so let's get going. We have our, our guest is here. Uh, I'm going to bring her in, in just one moment uh, real quick, just to make sure we get these plugs in uh, ahead of time. Uh, Garrison, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter if you want to see my tweets for some reason um, at Hungry Bowtie. And you can follow me on my more substantial work on Happen Here pod, just the podcast like it could happen here um, and the podcast Behind the Bastards where I occasionally do deep dives into doctors like we just mentioned both shows are amongst my top three uh so i highly recommend them and ryan where can people find you people can find me on twitter at ryan marino one word r-y-a-n-m-a-r-i-n-o and that is where i spend the large amount of my time posting my unhinged personal opinions some medical background some Moderately expert hinged. opinions yeah yeah, yeah. there's they're quasi-hinged. I mean, they're... <laughs> um, all right, everyone stay tuned. If you're not already, please follow us at The House of Pod at Twitter. They rate and review us at iTunes. Stay tuned for discussion with Lindsay Ellefson, a journalist and BuzzFeed news contributor. We're going to talk more about fentanyl and all kinds of fun stuff. Stay tuned! Welcome back. We have Lindsay Ellison, journalist and BuzzFeed News contributor. She has a new uh, article on BuzzFeed News in the science section called Jail Time for an Imaginary Crime. 
It's almost impossible to overdose just by touching fentanyl, but people are being locked up for it anyway. So I'm really excited to, to chat with this particular conglomeration of people, and uh, especially you for the first time, Lindsay Ellison. These guys, who cares about these fucking guys? You're the one that I'm excited about. These guys, are, I don't really care about. I am excited that we're all here together. Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, this is so exciting. I love podcasts, and I've never done a podcast where I could see everyone before. Oh, um, yeah, sorry. Waiting for me. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's great to see people's mouths move. It makes it so much easier. Yeah, the last podcast I did, I think we recorded it, but I was actually at the hair salon and I was just on the phone, like underneath the the big hair dryer and all that stuff, just kind of like saying my answers and it all just felt very, I mean, I really admired how authentic and scrappy the whole thing was, but this is <laughs> much, much better than that. Yeah. I mean, you can't see it, but I am getting a pedicure right now. Oh, okay. I, I kind of I think it helps with my voice. You know what I mean? It just, it's the little things that really bring out the joy. Yeah. Um, so let's get to it. Let me first start, let me first start by asking Ryan a question here. It's a basically yes or no question. And if the answer is no, then the podcast is over and then we all go home. Okay. Ryan, can, can you overdose by touching fentanyl? No. All right. See you guys later. Podcast Bye. is over. Bye, everyone. All yeah. right. That, this that's... is a, a very interesting urban legend that persists to this day. Um, and there was a story out of, I don't know where yesterday, but uh, a teenager overdosed in a high school on fentanyl and like three people, including students and teachers, were taken to the hospital for treatment for being near this student. Um, you cannot overdose on fentanyl from just exposure. If you are around someone using fentanyl, if you see someone who has overdosed on fentanyl and try to help them, you are not at risk. Um, fentanyl does not absorb through the skin in any significant quantity or in any meaningful time frame. Um, the fact that fentanyl patches exist is a thing, but those do not just contain fentanyl, they contain a whole new compound fentanyl plus something else that absorbs through the skin. Um, and even those still take like 13 hours to reach therapeutic concentrations. So for whatever reason, this myth persists. Um, it's a newer myth. It started in probably like 2016, 17, um, despite the fact that fentanyl was in the drug supply in the 1970s and there was never never a significant concern for this before then um but from my perspective as a medical toxicologist you do not need to worry about fentanyl unless you are using drugs well the so the reason this ties in to uh lindsay your article is you go through a number of examples and i'll i'll just read a couple of the headlines that you have in your excellent article here deputy nearly dies of fentanyl overdose that's a headline from sacramento b Officer exposed to fentanyl and transported to local hospital. That was a press release from the Santa Rosa Police Department. Police officer overdoses after brushing fentanyl powder off his uniform. That was a CNN story. And if you do a quick Google of this, you see just tons of stories. So many, like this. so many of them. So many <laughs> stories like this. It took me a long time to narrow that down because that carousel of headlines was a request from the editors to kind of put right up at the top you know the punchy headlines that are being used whenever one of these stories comes out and i went through pages and pages <laughs> and i read every single one trying to find like just just the right one for my little example section and 
the striking thing about every single story was that none of them had a secondary source. Yeah, I, I found that amazing. And you, you mentioned that a, a number of times in this, that you, you look to see if there is a, uh, a doctor's report or if it's questioned, and there, there never seems to be. Were you able to talk to any of the police officers that experienced this directly? Yeah, uh, I spoke to one. Um, one officer who is the subject of, I think, the third headline that you wrote about brushing uh, powder off of himself. I spoke to that officer, and then I also spoke to a sheriff who, whose deputies um, he said it happened to, a, a medical first responder and a deputy that he had on his force. And he kind of described that to me. Um, I didn't speak directly to them. And then I also spoke to um, the press department for the San Diego Sheriff's Department. So again, not directly to an officer involved in one of these situations, but I spoke at length to Chris Green, the Ohio officer, um, who is kind of the main story in the article. Yeah, my, my favorite one of these was last month with, uh, with a, a, a Tennessee student's vape pen um, and a, a nurse and, a, and an officer passing out because they touched this vape pen, which they thought had fentanyl in it, which for one, that's that's very stupid, obviously, but also it never even had fentanyl. It had a different drug inside it. And so it wasn't even fentanyl. Um, and it was just a wacky story because like every single detail was wrong and you, you could like actually track back to, to like what was accurate. There, there was enough other reporting on it for multiple agencies. Um, but yeah, I know I know that one got pretty popular last month. The the stories are hard. I mean, once you see outside of that prism and you 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 talk to someone who seems to be an expert such as Ryan, and not seems to be is an expert such as Ryan, expert. it's hard. Sorry. It, it's hard, yeah, quoted in the story. It's hard to not find these really funny. When you were talking to this officer, like, I mean, what was the vibe you got? I mean, did he really believe it? Did he have doubts about whether or not it could have been real? Was he kind of like, I don't know what my, who knows what could have happened? Was What was your vibe from that? Um, well, first of all, I want to apologize that I was just like blowing air. I'm sure that sounded really awful in my microphone. I saw what I thought was a little above, but it wasn't. No, no. Are you on fentanyl right now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, actually, everyone in my apartment building is in extreme danger from the <laughs> It's in the it's in the air, didn't you know? Yeah, yeah. And and here I am sitting up up in my loft. God knows, even closer to the air vents than I should. Be. It's horrible. I'm so sorry. Um, but no, he, I I I can't say how you know any any person that I interview like what they're really feeling or what you know he really believed happened that day. But he was very adamant. Um, and I spoke to him at length, probably for an hour over the phone one day, I, I spoke to him um, through written correspondence. And through all of this, his story since 2017 has pretty much remained the same. And he and the uh, sheriff that I spoke to both were really emphatic saying like, this is happening. This is true. There's even a quote in the piece where I, I told him, I was like, listen, here's what all of these medical toxicologists are saying. Here's what doctors are saying. Um, I said, you know, if this could happen to you, why doesn't this happen to nurses? Why doesn't this happen to like more people who use drugs? Like you would think, um, yeah. just being around each other, like, why aren't they all just spontaneously, um, overdosing from contact with this? And then I said that, and there's a quote in there where he says, well, I don't care what the naysayers have to say. Um, and I thought that was really striking because what I had asked right before that was, how do you feel about these toxicology experts, these doctors? And his response was, I don't care what the naysayers have to say. Um, and I think that kind of told me, you know, this is 
a true belief. Um, and I also spoke, spoke to a lot of toxicologists for the story. Some of them kind of like on background, but there's a number of people quoted in the piece as well. And they all said that when they do kind of outreach where they speak to police officers, like the vibe that they get is that they truly believe it. And they told me, um, at least one person told me that he saw police officers really receptive to the messaging, but that he hasn't noticed any changes since he started doing outreach and, and speaking to them and trying to bring the message that this doesn't pose them any threat to them directly. Um, mm. And so I, I don't know if they believe it. that's not for me to say. I'm just an objective journalist, but it's it's striking how sincere and adamant they were when they were answering the questions for sure. Uh, can I ask a very basic question about this? Why is fentanyl lying around in a powder? I know I'm exposing how square I am right now, <laughs> but like what, um, what's, what's, yeah, what's the story? That's how it's mostly sold. Um, so fentanyl has essentially replaced heroin on the streets in the United States. And so when you used to buy heroin, it came in like these quote unquote stamp bags. They were a little, the little bags that postage stamps are collected in and, but they would also have their own stamp on them. Um, and it was a powder and fentanyl replaced them. Fentanyl can come in a powder. It's like a crystalline solid. Uh, so it's very easy to put into a powder and it, it's just cut and sold that way. It's also now emerging in like other, other drugs and yeah. also in, in pressed pills, like people who think they're buying oxycodone on the street, hydrocodone, any of that stuff that they used to be able to buy that was actually a prescription medication is now even things like Xanax that are, are totally not related to opioids will be like pressed fentanyl powder. Um, and so that's, that's where that comes from. Yeah, it, it does tie into a whole bunch of like, uh, like a, a network of supply chain issues as well. Um, Cause it's, it is being, there's, there's more of it available than a lot of other drugs and it's being cut. Um, it, 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 it's being used to cut other drugs. I know like uh, last summer, there was a series of deaths in Hollywood by pretty actually famous people. Uh, because they were doing a lot of cocaine that was cut with fentanyl. And, you know, a lot of the time it works out because the this, the, the, the amounts can be distributed enough that's not dangerous. But especially if, if, if sometimes they'll, you'll get like a little, a, a little bit of it where it's not as mixed in as much, or specifically if you're doing pills, um, too much can be pressed into one pill that, you know, usually the pill is seemingly safe, but one may just be like, have, have way too much fentanyl in it for you know, non, obviously not cocaine, but other, other like pill-based drugs. Um, yeah, so it, it's, it's a mixture of like supply chain issues, uh, which makes more fentanyl and less other things, um, along with a lot of other like interlocking systems that's kind of caused it to be a problem that we're paying attention to more right now. And I think the, the main reason to kind of reiterate those points is just that the supply of previous drugs like heroin, prescription opioids, benzos, all of that has been significantly reduced. The United States, the DEA, have done a very good job of destroying poppy fields in initially Afghanistan, but then later Northern Mexico. Um, and so there is not really much room for other opioids. And so fentanyl, which is totally synthetic, you can make it in a basement, you can make it without sunlight, you can make it with chemicals you buy on the internet. Mm -hmm. um, that's why fentanyl is now replacing all of these drugs because it's really hard to get any sort of like oxycodone, um, oxycontin, 
And even things like Xanax are, are very hard to get nowadays because of kind of our, our drug issue in this country. Um, and so that's where fentanyl has filled the gap. One of the things I find interesting, I'm wondering if in your reporting anyone addressed this, is if it did work so well, you know, via just touch, then why would people inject it? <laughs> yeah, that's the thing is that you would be getting, you would, you would think there'd be people getting like secondary highs off of other people yeah. who are on drugs all the time. And that'd be like a feature of the drug, which obviously isn't the case. Right. You could just be microdosing by rubbing a couple grains between your fingers, right? Like what uh, has, has, has yeah. any, did anyone talk about that? Yeah, there was a doctor. Uh, I think that quote is also really high up in it where another doctor uh, just said. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Like, people would not snort this, people would not inject this if it were possible to just you know, touch it and feel its effects. Um, and I did ask the police officer that I spoke to um, because the story about him that appears in the article is that in 2017, he pulled over, well, he didn't pull over. He assisted after a traffic stop was made of a young man in Ohio um, who, according to the police report I read, had been known to the area cops for, you know, extensive drug activity. They, they pulled him over, they found this powder. Um, and then after they arrested him and another suspect who was in the car, um, they charged them with tampering with evidence because the young men, according to the police report, had tried to get rid of the powder that was in the car through like various means. And so they charged them and they brought them in. And then after that, the officer, about an hour later, like put some of the powder off of his shirt with his own hand. And he said that he overdosed following that and he was taken to a hospital and treated. And I asked him, you know, if you experienced this effect from touching that little bit of powder that was on your shirt an hour after this arrest and the traffic stop like why wouldn't those two suspects who were charged with tampering with evidence for like handling the powder in a very rushed way it said that there was powder um i think on a pop can that they had on the dashboard there was powder on their shoe that was like clearly on the the bottom floorboards of the car where they had maybe tried to put it into the carpet or something like that Um, and so like they had been handling it in a very fast way when right right they were rubbing it into they were rubbing it in with their hands i'm sure into the carpet yeah yeah so if if that's the case and you have them charged with tampering with evidence for like handling this powder um and then an hour later you just rubbed a little bit off of yourself why is it that you had this overdose and those two suspects did not have that overdose um and he said that because 
one of them, Justin, a central character in the article, he said, you know, well, he had been doing drugs um, for a long time and he built up this tolerance and yeah, I can yeah. that he did do drugs. And then he also told me that the other suspect who was arrested that day was also transported to the hospital after the arrest um, and had been complaining of breathing problems. But it says pretty clearly there in the police report and also what the officer confirmed to me was that that man had asthma. Um, so mm breathing problems and was taken to the hospital for that but he he was very again adamant he was like well justin was known to us as a drug user and uh, the other one had a breathing problem that same day and um so his explanation for that is that people who do use drugs have built up some sort of tolerance where when they touch it it's not going to impact them but then uh, if that were true like let's kind of like bounce off of that idea a, a person who um uses drugs and is maybe in a situation where they also touched a powder or had some you know on their own shirt when they go home and they hug their girlfriend or maybe their mom washes their sweater for them why are we not hearing stories of these other people who come into contact with people who yeah. use drugs like falling on the ground and this right. happened to them. And it, so fentanyl has been also in the street drug supply since at least the 1970s. Um, and I think to get to Lindsay's point here, Justin, the guy who is currently in, in jail for an imaginary crime, um, what he's saying is that the, the other guy who had a, a breathing difficulty that day, his complaints were shortness of breath, like inability to catch his breath, um, very consistent with an asthma attack, which goes to the fact that he had asthma. And if you talk about fentanyl, if we give people fentanyl in the hospital at and in situations like hospice or the end of their life uh, to help them not think they're short of breath, to help people right. not, not struggle to breathe. So for someone to feel short of breath or say that they are having trouble breathing is literally the opposite of what fentanyl does or what any opioid does. You know, you, you bring up this interesting point too, Lindsay, that like, you know, the, the loved ones, that it reminds me of another, another point why I have a hard time envisioning this could happen. Because if you really could say, put some on your body and contact someone else's body with it and then transfer something to them to give them a high, if that worked, people would definitely have made this a sex thing by now. It would have people would be rubbing it on their genitals and having sex. It would be a, there'd be a name for it because people you were say like a weapon. I thought you were going to say, oh, people would definitely be doing like violent sprinkles of powder. But you no, know. no, weird sex <laughs> stuff, Lindsay. Expecting. Weird sex stuff. That's what it always comes down to. Oh, don't give people ideas, though. Yeah, yeah. Don't do that, people. Please don't do that. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. I still get Poison Center calls about Colgate on people's genitals. Really? Why? To tingle, I guess? Wow. Experiment? Is that thank why? You, thank you for saying that. That really that that, that really made my day. That's... Does, hurt them? Does something bad happen to them? Yeah, what happens? Well, don't put mint toothpaste on your genitals. It doesn't feel good. But, but okay. Right. Get hurt? Nobody likes it. it from <laughs> my... Well, well I, mean, I don't I, know about I, that. Poison I've never tried I've never tried it, but putting, I mean, tooth, putting toothpaste on your genitals before sex is not a good idea. You, you do realize that like half of the listeners to the show tonight, as they're brushing their teeth, they're going to look down and be like, Maybe I'll just try a little just to see what happens. <laughs> Nobody no, likes it. Don't, don't do it. We don't, need to start listening to doctors and toxicologists in this country. I think 
that's the key point here. That's the key point. Don't put any. Yeah. And the one difference is you can absorb the mint flavor elements from your toothpaste through your skin. That's interesting. Whether it's like menthol or whatever. Oh, all right. Well, so let's, let's get back a little bit to the topic at hand. Um, so we've all seen the videos, I think at this point, if you haven't, it's pretty easy to Google where like an officer or a TSA agent or somebody. Actually, it's not that easy to Google anymore because Vimeo took down the biggest one. Vimeo Which was that San Diego cop one? one? Yeah, they, and they confirmed to me that they took it down for violating their community guidelines. So you can Google it and you'll mm. still find them, but it's not as easy as it was. Well, interesting. Well, there are these videos where people, you know, they expose, and if you've seen them, the reaction's pretty dramatic. Uh, Ryan, you're an ER doctor, you're a toxicologist. You probably have seen what fentanyl overdose looks like. Can you tell us what a, what a real fentanyl overdose looks like? So a fentanyl overdose will be a uh, gradual diminishing of level of consciousness. You gradually like go out of consciousness. Um, But the most important like clinical parameter to watch for is decreased respiratory status. So people start to slow their respiratory rate. They start to have shallower breaths. um, And eventually in a, a significant overdose, people will stop breathing. And so one of the most common things that I deal with every day is that people want to give Narcan to someone who's just like not, not doing what they say. Um, they want to give Narcan to someone who is like eyes closed um, and has normal vital signs. And the real, real significant distinguishing factor here is the respiratory status. You cannot be overdosed on an opioid if you are breathing and like saturating well from an oxygen standpoint and also then ventilating like taking good good breaths breathing in and breathing out so along those lines you brought it up let's talk about narcan a little bit do we feel that if nothing else the one benefit that's coming from this is that it may be raising awareness of narcan because in a couple of these situations there's police officers who say that narcan saved their life do you think that this is the a positive thing to come out of these stories? I wish I could say that. I mean, I'm probably the biggest fan of Narcan in the world. I spend like most of my days like fanboying Narcan, trying to get other people to like Narcan. But um, people who give themselves Narcan inappropriately and hoard Narcan so that they can use it on themselves, like if the situation arises, that's problematic for me. And so in the real world in patients who come to the ED and patients who are seen pre-hospitally, my biggest concern is that the Narcan is being withheld um, because there's a concern for someone responding to need it more than the person who may or may not be overdosing. Um, And so there's really no downside into giving someone who's like unresponsive on the ground Narcan. And so I would say for anyone whether they're a first responder or not, if you see someone on the ground and they're unresponsive, you should try to give them Narcan when you're calling 911. Um, so, yeah. You've also raised the concern before that you're worried that this fear might lead people to not doing CPR on patients when they need to, because they're worried about doing CPR on a patient and then exposing themselves to uh, you know, fentanyl overdose just by doing the CPR. Yeah, and this is not just something that I have personally seen, but something that other people have told me about. 
Um, but for someone who is overdosing, like time is very important. As I said before, the respiratory drive is what's what's affected by overdose. So people lose their oxygenation status, they lose their ability to clear carbon dioxide. Um, and so those have very severe detrimental effects on the body. And so you can immediately begin to lose brain cells, lose heart cells, that kind of thing. It's almost like a stroke in terms of kind of like how time matters or a heart attack. Um, and so I have personally seen in situations where someone is overdosed that the people responding are concerned to get close because they're worried that fentanyl is involved and that fentanyl could be contagious to them and delay the overdose in terms of getting PPE on, getting ad additional protective re recovery um, and even like closing doors and, and blocking people off. And that's what concerns me most. We, we don't need people dying from opioid overdoses. So, yeah, yeah. Well, let me ask you guys a question then. I would like to hear everyone's thoughts. Uh, what do we think is happening then in these situations? If it seems that medically it's not a plausible way to get uh, these reactions via uh, overdosing, via touching fentanyl, what is happening in these cases with these police officers that are coming into contact uh, or near fentanyl? When I was working on the story, um, I, I asked that to every single person that I spoke to. Um, and obviously the answers from uh, the police officers that I spoke to was like, well, we're overdosing. But then obviously when I spoke to doctors and toxicologists, like pretty uniformly, no one would say um, this is a panic attack, right? Because it's irresponsible to kind of like just like, diagnose something without actually having been there. Yeah. Um, that being said, we're the media diagnoses them or like says that they're overdosing without ever seeing a toxicology report but whatever everyone who spoke to me exercised extreme caution and said it sounds like a panic attack it presents like a panic attack um we have studies that are shown in the story um that say that officers say that they're entering the fields with this increased fear of fentanyl. Um, a lot of law enforcement people reached out to me after the story published to let me know that they had personally undergone trainings that, you know, explicitly told them like, this is a huge risk to you. Uh, a person who said that they worked in corrections told me that that fear that she was instilled with in that training actually followed her to a music festival and a friend of hers saw what looked like a baggie of something on the ground and she said you can't touch it you can't pick it up if it's fentanyl we're all gonna die and this was a person who works in law enforcement and she was off the clock like at a music festival trying to have fun and she was like so overcome with fear that she started screaming at her friends so what everyone told me when i asked them that was it looks like a panic attack it presents like a panic attack a shortness of breath um having the you know like still kind of like the wherewithal to announce that something's happening you know like it, none of the things that like line up with what we know to be true about opioid overdoses which is how ryan described it earlier the other thing that is definitely a contributing factor would be just the nocebo effect which is like you know I, people are pretty familiar with the placebo and then the reversed version is obviously something that has you know, uh, psychosomatic negative effects, uh, where you take something that you think is going to hurt yourself or is going to harm you, and then you basically make those symptoms. And between a panic attack and the nocebo, then yeah, that's that's a decent indicator of what's going on, because it seems it seems to be more likely it's that than they're actually overdosing. And to 
finish this off, I mean, I think the nocebo effect is my number one, um, like speculation, which it's, it's purely speculation. But, um, if, if you're having a reaction from a nocebo effect, which is a, a panic reaction because you think that something can harm you that cannot harm you and you get physiologic effects, giving yourself naloxone is the placebo that then reverses that. And so that's why all in all these stories where people get naloxone, their lightheadedness resolves, their like heavy breathing resolves, all of that. Um, I mean, I think in terms of what Lindsay said, she was able to talk to all these people and they, the most important thing I mean, I think that I took from this was that they said, they were not willing to consider any alternatives. They were they were not willing to consider that this could have been an anxiety reaction. They were not willing to consider the nocebo effect because they're so hard, they're so brave and like all of that. And obviously, I mean, like, I, I don't know how people feel, but like I'm a, a ER doctor. I go and treat COVID patients every day for the past like two years and I would never call myself so brave. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Well, you are. I mean, I'll say it. <laughs> You're pretty but, brave. But I'm, I'm not brave. Like, I, I try to avoid I mean, every we, interaction we don't, I can. We don't like the, we don't, we've talked about this a lot on this show. We've talked about it a lot personally, Ryan and I. We don't like the term hero being applied to healthcare workers for a lot of different reasons. One, because it's probably not accurate. But then two, it's also part of this whole like branding process to like be like, oh, they're heroes, they can do this, whatever. Just put them in, have them do whatever we need them to do and sacrifice whatever they need them to sacrifice. That's what they do. So there's a lot of things about that I I, I don't love. Um, what uh, I don't love most though, is that people saying that doing their job is bravery. Like there's a difference between me showing up to work and being in a pandemic. That's not something I signed up for yet. But um. Like I can see people who are infectious and I'm not brave. That's, that's my job. And so for like the police to say that they're so brave or law enforcement to say that they're so brave for like being in pulling over a vehicle that has an unknown powder in it. And then four people go to the hospital and none of them were in the vehicle. That, that doesn't make any sense to me. That's I mean, not it, brave. It is that, that's not bravery. I do think it's important for us to keep trying to do outreach with the police one, because, you know, I, I still like going to San Diego and I want to be able to do that. But two, because the real risks to them are from COVID. I mean, we talk about like what's killed more cops in the last two years than anything by far it's COVID. And that's the kind of thing we have to keep pushing to them to, to save them, to help them. Um, one last one last thing I I, uh, I want to ask is does does anyone here have Narcan? Do any of you guys carry Narcan or have Narcan accessible? You, I'm seeing everyone's hand. I'm assuming yeah. yeah. Wow, everyone's have, hands. Okay. I have Narcan in my car, in my work bag, in my overnight bag, and in my coat. Garrison, how did how did you get it? What was the process you went through to 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 get it? I think someone gave it to me. It and and Lindsay. Same. It right. the same but I've written about uh, before, I think in 2019, I did a story that was like, we have all these free trainings around the major cities in the US and we have the availability of lay people to be carrying this. And 
Um, we have the ability for people to know how to use this and what it does and why why isn't anyone learning about this? Um, and that was a story I did forever ago. And I think I had some after that. And then I think someone gave me some more and I've never had to use it, never used it. Well, I feel bad that I don't have any. Um, all right, all right, you shamed me. I'll, guys, I'll get some. You gave me some, Ryan? Yeah, send me your pharmacy and I'll, I'll send you a prescription. All right, okay, I'll do that, okay. Well, let's close up at this point. Thank you guys. This was really fun and educational for me. Uh, I really appreciate having all of you here. Uh, you all have a really uh, interesting perspective and I'm, I'm really grateful that you shared it with uh, me and all our listeners. So let's get all the plugs in. Lindsay, let's start with you. Where can people find you? Oh, oh my God. I didn't know you were gonna ask me that. Um, oh I, yeah, no, plug, plug, say, please. Oh, you should just look up the article, but you should just look up me if you go to Lindsay Ellison, L-I-N-D-S-E-Y, E-L-L-E-F-S-O-N, uh, dot contently.com. That's the hosting thing that I have for my portfolio. I got, I have to fix it. If you know what, if any web developers are listening to this, I, <laughs> I need to buy the rights to lindsayellison.com and I need to make my own portfolio because I'm just using some janky third-party thing. You'll see it. You'll see it. <laughs> lindsayellison.contently.com and you'll see what I'm working with. Um, and then on all social medias, you can find me at Ellefson, E-L-L-E-F-S-O-N, but the O is a zero because there is a, a woman in, I think, Idaho who has just been bogarting at Ellefson for years. Uncool. Will not listen to my pleas. Nothing good comes out of Ohio. <laughs> it's, I think it's Idaho. Don't, I mean, don't disparage the good. Wow. Ohio. Ida Idaho. Don't pretend there's any difference between the two, Ryan. Come on. It's all Ohio. <laughs> Idaho's like 700 miles away from me. I know. If you're at Ellefson and you're listening to this, time's up. I'd like to have I'd like to have the social handle. I'm, that's yeah. what I'm gonna plug. I'm gonna put the pressure on yeah. her yeah. campaign to get give that. her the handle. I I'm doing things. I'm publishing things. I deserve it. Anyway, that's where you can find me. Uh, let's let's offer some sort of trade. I will allow her if she wants to come on the show with any guests she wants. Um, that's what I will offer her in exchange for your handle. Um, all right, Ryan. Uh, what what about yourself? Tell everyone again where they can find you. So I'm at Twitter at Ryan Marino, R-Y-A-N-M-A-R-I-N-O. But I think everyone should follow Lindsay. I mean, this reporting is incredible. Like, she, this is, don't get me wrong, I, I do not support Aaron Brockovich, but this is like Aaron Brockovich level reporting. <laughs> um, There's more coming, you guys. Right. Aaron, Brockovich, Aaron Brockovich is not a good person. Can we talk about um, that? What's the what's the story? Lindsay I'm, Lindsay Ellison is a good person. She, she who's is like good. helping people. She's brave. Thank let's say it. I'm she's brave. brave. I'm hey, brave. Wait, wait, wait. I'll so I don't care. I'm brave. Yeah, you. And I will go on the record and say Aaron Brockovich <laughs> is not a good person, let's, and she can fight me if she wants. I like I like Ryan post two glasses of wine by the end of the podcast. All right, Garrison, where can people find you? You can follow me on the social medias at Hungry Bowtie and uh, Behind the Bastards and It Could Happen Here for my audio content. All of them are fantastic. All of you guys are fantastic. I really appreciate it. Uh, thank you to Nadine for help with production. And uh, if you guys haven't already, please rate and review us at iTunes. And uh, thank you all so much for joining us today. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. -bye. This podcast is not a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. 
Please consult a physician or other qualified health care provider for your specific health care needs or concerns. The opinions expressed on this podcast do not represent the opinions of our employees. Details in the podcast have been changed so that patient identification is not possible. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code buttery exclusions apply see site for details even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 50 dollars, luxurious italian leather bags and so much more plus quince only works with factories that use safe ethical and responsible manufacturing get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with quince Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.